This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. I'm Caleb Zachran, the assistant editor of the New Books Network, and you're listening to New Work in Digital Humanities. Today I'm speaking with Annie Rowerda, the creator of Depths of Wikipedia. Depths of Wikipedia is a social media project dedicated to finding the most unusual entries in Wikipedia. Annie has elevated endlessly scrolling on Wikipedia to a form of high art. Depths of Wikipedia is the exact type of internet project that we here at New Books Network love. It puts the funny, interesting, and strange parts of human knowledge on display in a way that could only be done on the internet. Annie, thank you for joining me today on the New Books Network. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for such a great intro. Of course. You know, I I discovered this project. I'm not sure exactly when you launched. I think it was sometime at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think I first came across Depths of Wikipedia about a year ago uh, and I was really glad to see that there was someone out there who was sort of taking the time to bring together all of the most interesting Wikipedia pages. Uh, and I, w- I was wondering if, you know, before getting into talking about the project that you've done, if you would just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a job interview or something now. <laughs> um, it's so funny how you forget everything about yourself the moment you're asked. Um, I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I went to the University of Michigan and I graduated in May. I studied neuroscience. It was really great, but I don't use very much of it anymore um, because these days I'm a writer and I do live comedy shows around the country. Um, It's a pretty fun life. And I also spend a lot of time on social media posting my favorite Wikipedia entries. I'm also pretty involved with like the Wikipedia editors and the foundation and just the like behind the scenes of it all. Um, I love to go to conferences. I love to talk to editors. I edit quite a bit. And I'm just a big fan of the way that Wikipedia has taken this, like, starry-eyed vision of what the internet was supposed to be. Um, And 20 years later, as all these massive web platforms have struggled with misinformation and toxic, like, contents, I think that Wikipedia is just this gleaming example of something that has stayed relatively pure and certainly isn't perfect, but it's just this example of all these kind-hearted strangers, well, mostly kind-hearted, working together to make something 
that's free and that's really valuable and that's going to help everyone. And so to me, I love Wikipedia and it's really inspiring. And yeah, that's my, that's a little bit about me. How did you first get into making this project Depths of Wikipedia? Will, will you give our listeners just a little gloss on, on what Depths of Wikipedia actually is? Well, I started on Instagram and I started posting screenshots of Wikipedia articles that I think are funny. And now I do this on Twitter and TikTok and um, I write things and I do various platforms now. But at first it was just me like as a sophomore in college posting things from my house in Ann Arbor. And it wasn't very glamorous. And I'm definitely not the first person to collect interesting Wikipedia articles. Like that's kind of a relatively universal thing, I think. But it is really cool to um, have stuck with it for so long and to have people that like enjoy the things that I post. So what was it like when you first started doing it? Did people immediately start to like latch on and say that this is a, an interesting idea? Because, you know, I know personally, I've been a, a Wikipedia user since, you know, basically I started using the internet when I was like 10 or 11. Uh, I remember when I first heard about Wikipedia and it like, kind of took over my life and definitely impacted my, my middle school grades before I got more responsible. You know, what, what, when did, when did it sort of start taking off, uh, in a way where, where people were really giving you interesting feedback and sending you interesting Wikipedia links? Wait, I'm curious how it affected your grades. Oh, well, I basically, yeah, when I was in middle school and I first got a computer, I, you know, was like, oh, I need to like, you know, learn, I use the internet and learn everything that I can. So, I discovered Wikipedia and basically would spend most of my class, you know, when I was in class, my school like allowed us to use computers, which is probably extremely misguided. And I would literally be on Wikipedia all the time, just reading endless articles. And I remember in particular back uh, <laughs> in seventh or eighth grade, I used to like fact check, fact check one of my teachers. And then I like got sent to the principal's office and it was this whole thing. Uh, all thanks to Wikipedia. And I was right, but I don't remember actually what it had to do with anymore. Um, something related to like the origins of like de- of democracy, or I really don't even remember, but uh, that was how it impacted my grades. <laughs> oh, so it made your grades worse. Oh yeah. No, yeah. It definitely made my grades worse. And then it, it, I think, I think by the time I was in high school, it made my grades better because I learned the sort of the trick of, if you're looking for extra sources for a research project, then go to the you know, the footnotes of Wikipedia and then use those sources don't actually cite Wikipedia. Uh, So I think, you know, I think it's all work. I think my net experience of Wikipedia has been, has been extremely, extremely positive though. At first it definitely like turned me into a bit of a smart ass. I mean, if you don't like Wikipedia, that's fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like leave the podcast or anything. (laughs) I love, I I love it. We like, we, especially here at, at new books network, like we literally like our, our main, I would say, more or less like our main inspiration is Wikipedia uh, and just this idea of like information should be freely accessible and it should be easy to, you know, more or less easy to, easy to read, easy to digest, uh, easy to understand. Uh, I think, you know, just when you, when you give a 12 year old, uh, you know, the library of Alexandria, uh, they're going to do some, some crazy things with it. Uh, And I do edit, I actually am a Wikipedia editor too. And I mostly just do it. I just try and find things to to sort of get an edit wars about. And I forgot what the question was that you asked me originally. Oh no worries. Just yeah. How did how did you you know sort of first get into this idea of um, you know you you said you started it, but but you know what what was the sort of the the point where uh, where people 
you know, started to connect with the project that you're working on. Because I think, like you said, like, this is definitely the type of project that, or the type of thing that people have engaged in before. Um, but I think that maybe the difference is the sort of the, the comedic spin you put on things. So how did the depths of Wikipedia sort of turn into the thing that uh, it has become today? Um, that's a good question. I really don't have a good answer. I, I love gimmick accounts. I think that they're very funny. I have grown up with just so many good gimmick accounts through the years. And I randomly decided one night when I had a little bit of extra time and I was newly single and it was the pandemic and I was like, oh, well, I need a project. Like I'll just start putting my Wikipedia articles on this Instagram page and I'll try to make the layout kind of clean and shareable. And I thought in my head, like, wow, it'd be super funny, like as a bit, if this got big. And in my head, I was like, wouldn't it be so funny if this was massive and had like 10,000 followers. And now with like, I don't know, 1.2 million, it's um, on a scale that's different than I originally envisioned. But yeah, there's not like a great origin story. I just kept posting really, really consistently because I was working um, that summer of 2020. I was working in a, um, a nursing home and I was working with patients that had both dementia and COVID. And I was in this strict like COVID area. And so I was getting exposed all the time. And um, so I would just sit back there and like help the people if they needed it. But there were a lot of um, lulls. Like if no one had COVID on the floor, then I would just sit there and wait for someone to test positive. And so during those times when I was waiting, I was doing my physics homework for university. And I would also just post random Wikipedia articles. And then, yeah, after a few months, like after a few hundred posts, which is like a lot of hours of um, <laughs> a lot of hours of commitment just for like kind of a goofy side hustle. Um, after that, I started getting more followers and and yeah, that that's what makes it really fun is that now people will DM me like, hey, this is a fun article you should post or like um, they'll say like just these deeply witty and funny um, comments about the things I post and like that's what keeps me going. It's it's really fun to be able to meet people that way. Do you have like a particular approach that you use when you are scrolling on Wikipedia or using Wikipedia? Is it sort of just like, you know, something comes up or you're reading something else and you decide to search it? Or are you the type of person where you just kind of get into a hole where you're just clicking link after link after link? And next thing you know, you, you started on, you know, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and at the end, you are on, you know, hippopotamus anatomy. I don't have a a process. It really just depends on the day. I use Wikipedia all the time. I use the Wikipedia app a lot in place of Google, especially as search results have gotten more um, filled with ads. The Wikipedia app rocks. So I'm in there all the time. I edit Wikipedia quite a bit. Um, I am pretty aware of the new pages that are going up. Um, so, so just like being a Wikipedia user and editor makes me aware of a lot of things. But also I have people that message me ideas, which is super cool. And that's a really fun thing about having more followers is that it's kind of a team effort now. And I usually try to give credit. Like I'll do a reply tweet, like thanks to this person for the submission. Um, but then sometimes people want to be anonymous. But another way is if I see a fun fact or like a quip in a podcast or something that really sticks with me, I'll see if it's on Wikipedia somewhere. And if it's not, then maybe I would see if it is well sourced somewhere. And if it is, then I would add it to Wikipedia. But I do have a rule that I've set for myself, which I don't think I have to do this, but I just like to do this. If I've just edited something, I won't post it because I don't want to ever have the bias of like, 
adding goofy shit to Wikipedia just for the sake of getting likes on uh, online. <laughs> so that's just I, I try not to um, post the things that I've edited, but I do edit quite a bit. So that's I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that there's, you know, that there's definitely no one way that a person uses Wikipedia. Uh, so, you know, I didn't necessarily expect, uh, you know, one one particular like, oh, here's here's how to do it. If you're not using Wikipedia this way, then you're then you're messing up somehow and using it wrong. Um, you know, so you, you talk a little bit about, you know, beyond just the depths of Wikipedia, other involvement. Can you talk about other ways in which you've been involved with Wikipedia and Wikimedia? Yeah, there are a bunch. I mean, I think that a lot of people don't realize just how many hours of labor go into Wikipedia because like for one, you have to have people that are writing articles, but you also have to have them update them when news comes out and you have to have people. This is a ton of the energy goes into um, arguments, like really smart arguments about what shouldn't be included on Wikipedia. Um, Sometimes we think of encyclopedias as this like exhaustive catalog of everything in the world that's ever existed but that's not true like what's not included is very very important because right now to me at least wikipedia is this arbiter of importance if i google somebody and they have a wikipedia article i'll think to myself okay they're legit they're not just joe schmo on the street i should maybe trust them or at least like here's i don't know (laughs) they've been written up in various sources I can't write a Wikipedia article about my big toe, for example, unless it becomes famous. Um, And so there are tons of arguments and deletion debates about what should be included and what shouldn't be included and what's the best way to discuss something in a way that's neutral and what's the best way to discuss, for example, conspiracy theories in a way that is um, fair but also not going to sway people to either side. Um, How do you discuss the war in Russia when a lot of the sources that you have are state-controlled media outlets that have proven to be unreliable, but that's the best you have? So these are discussions that happen all the time. And I can't even remember the question that you asked. I'm so sorry because I just started thinking about how unfathomably large the just the amount of work that goes into this website is. Yeah, it is. It is pretty. <laughs> yeah. Well, my involvement. Um, I'm an editor and I've gone to a lot of meetings with Wikimedia New York City, which is a local chapter. They're really great. If you're in the New York area, you should join the group. I think they have a discord. They definitely have an email list and they have meetings sometimes and they're just really great people. And you can be a beginner and they will be super nice to you. And I've gone to a bunch of Wikipedia conferences. There's one on Saturday, Wiki Conference North America, and it's virtual. Um, I was the Wikimedian of the year this year in the media category, which was really fun. Um, I met Jimmy Wales. What else? I was on like, I'm on a bunch of selection committees for various things like the Wiki Love Science photo competition or the, the, so when you ask Google or Alexa a question, often the answer that it pulls will be from Wikipedia Um, and it's kind of a good idea for every party involved, at least to me, for Wikipedia to be able to signify like, Hey, this is from Wikipedia, just so you know. So take it with a, a grain of salt maybe, or B like appreciate Wikipedia for being, giving you this information. So they wanted this little sound logo, like just like a little like doo doo, some type of, some type of, um, noise. To signify that and so i got to be in the selection committee to choose the sound logo so that was pretty cool 
what was that process even like? And, you know, if you want to try and do an impersonation of the sound, you don't have to, but you know, what, how does one choose a, a sound lo- sound logo? Well, I went into it thinking this is easy. I think we should just choose a DJ being like wiki wiki because I think that's fun. Like now like spinning records. Unfortunately, that was not an option because various people who came before me in the sound selection process had come up with various stipulations and requirements for the sound in terms of both like vibe and also like literally what the sound is. And so they were like, yeah, we want it to be going up. We want it to be somewhat sophisticated. We don't want it to be too Western. We want it to be inviting and all these things. And ultimately, um, the wiki wiki (laughs) did not fit the criteria. But I don't want to tell you what exactly it is. And it'll be a fun surprise for you. Yeah, you can you can use wiki wiki for your own uh, depths of Wikipedia thing, at least. Uh, what, how would you sort of describe Wikipedia? Is, is Wikipedia a democracy, a, a meritocracy? It, does it not necessarily fit these uh, these kind of systems? Uh, you know, what, what's the general organizational structure for those who aren't exactly familiar? Well, it's really interesting to compare it to a government. I don't quite know if I have a good answer for that. But often it gets compared to various social media platforms like Facebook or Reddit or Twitter. Um, especially in terms of moderation. Um, basically on Wikipedia, anyone, like anyone with a laptop and with uh, the desire can go on Wikipedia and edit the content. Um, most articles, like the vast majority of articles in English Wikipedia can be edited by truly anyone. You don't have to make an account. You can just use your IP address or you can make an account. Um, but there are a few articles that are a little bit more controversial And so, like, let's say the article for abortion were completely open to anyone, you would have to deal with a lot more vandalism, like people maybe deleting the whole article and just saying, I don't know, posting a link to like a pro pro life website or something like that. That type of thing happens a lot. And so then you'll have semi protected and protected articles where um, the editors are limited to just a certain group of people who have put in at least a little bit of time on Wikipedia. Like I want to say like 500 edits or something. It depends. It depends on the levels, but (laughs) so some, some articles can only be edited by more experienced editors. It's so it's open to most, but then for maybe more hot button articles, you have to be, uh, you know, have more, uh, more points to your name or, or more edits or, uh, have been sort of accepted into the club. Mm -hmm. And, once you have been editing Wikipedia for a long, long, long time, you might consider running for or, or um, trying to be an administrator. And that is a job that I personally find really impressive because administrators are the people that are solving the disputes between different editors. Um, they're the ones that are blocking people, banning people, um, deciding like, hey, what you did wasn't in good faith. And so you shouldn't be on this website or like, hey, um, all this kerfuffle around the word recession, like we got to put an end to this. They're making hard decisions. And I think that it's very respectable and also seems very hard. (laughs) Um, And then there's people that are on like different committees and boards. And yeah, there's a pretty, pretty big um, hierarchy on Wikipedia. Just kind of wondering in general about 
your experience with it? Do you feel that, and, and you don't necessarily, you know, feel free to speak as much as you want. Do you think that there are aspects of how Wikipedia runs that you think uh, work really well or things that you think could be maybe improved? Well, one thing that could be improved is that it's really hard to start editing. Um, there's a lot of bias in the topics that are covered. Like the one that has been in the news, like in the past five years, a ton is that there aren't as many articles about like female scientists or female what have you. Um, and so that's getting a lot of attention. Um, but also the bias shows up in, in more subtle ways. And you would think like that it would be best um, for an encyclopedia to be written by all sorts of different people who have different worldviews and who can contribute to like a really well-rounded and fair encyclopedia that reflects the world. Um, but that's certainly not the case. Wikipedia editors are like somewhere around 80% male, um, often like in the like Gen X age range um, and overwhelmingly white. And so when you try to recruit new editors, sometimes you have problems when um, they run into these just labyrinthian rules and guidelines. And it can be really, really hard to decide like, okay, which guidelines are super important and like violating them would result in getting blocked and which guidelines are kind of just suggestions. Like it's just really hard to get a handle of all of them when there are just these mazes of pages that are telling you exactly what to do on Wikipedia. Um, like now it's great to have that documentation um, because I mostly have a handle on it and I can go and check it. But when you're brand new, like it's overwhelming and also experienced editors aren't always the most inviting of newbies. So that's a problem. And there are a lot of people working on this. There's a new mentorship program. I don't know a ton about it. One thing that Wikipedia does really well, well, I mean, it's just really impressive that it creates something of value while also being like open and inviting to everyone. I mean, I think that if you ask somebody who didn't know what Wikipedia was, like, hey, do you think that you could have a website where anyone can edit it and its goal is having high quality information. Like if someone said that to me, I would think to myself, like this is just going to be memes and probably something offensive and riffraff. And how could that possibly succeed? And yet it has. And that's very inspiring to me. And on an internet where sometimes it feels a little bit toxic and it feels like people post for attention. It's really wholesome and like refreshing for me to see an area where people are really not trying to get attention. They're simply just trying to build something that that's really cool to me. What sort of community have you found out there of, of Wikipedia enthusiasts? Uh, you know, does it make you somewhat maybe optimistic for the future of the internet hopefully a sort of a restoration of like the, you know, original hopes and dreams for what the, the internet could have been. I don't know. I'm not a good person to ask. I don't really know what the internet's going to become. And I think that there are a lot of like really, 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 really wonderful people that I found on the internet. I think that the people that follow depths of Wikipedia, at least the ones that interact are overwhelmingly kind and smart and funny and um, thoughtful and good. And so it's really cool to have, um, played a role in building a place that feels good and wholesome. But there are so many corners of the internet that are awful. Um, so, yeah, I don't feel confident enough to say that I'm hopeful about the future of the internet. I don't really know. I'm just going to see what happens. Yeah, maybe, you know, some pockets. I think that, you know, it's 
obviously there's so much upheaval going on right now, especially in social media. Um, and, you know, I always find, you know, like you said, uh, if a person had explained what Wikipedia is and how it runs, I would have, I wouldn't believe it would work, but, but it does. Uh, so it's always interesting to see how, you know, certain bits of, of rule setting can help uh, shape people's behavior for a positive light and also in a negative way too. So and another thing that you've been been working on is you've been doing live shows. And I was wondering if you would tell our listeners a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah. Well, first to your last point, there's that XKCD comic that talks about dependencies on the internet. And it's um, pretty well known now, but it talks about how all these different programs all end up depending on some random guy in Nebraska who's updating some program. I feel like there are like <laughs> these metaphorical guys in barns in Nebraska. There are so many of them. There are so many people on the internet that are doing work that's really overlooked and free and not very glamorous. That makes the entire place a, a better like place to be for everyone. Um, and Wikipedia editors do a lot of that. I think that Wikipedia editors are really good examples of guys in the barn in Nebraska who do so much and don't get a lot of credit. But the live shows are super fun. I never really thought of myself as a stand-up comedian, and I still sort of don't, but also I'm starting to because now I do like, I don't know, I probably average, I probably average in a three-month period eight shows. So that's that's kind of a lot. Yeah, that's, Um, that's definitely a lot. It's, it's really fun. I, I show up. I have a slideshow. I go through some of the greatest hits. Um, I'll, I'll talk about various things that have happened on Wikipedia that I think are funny. I'll talk about various things that have happened in the world and that have been docu- documented on Wikipedia that I think are funny. I'll talk about the story of Wikipedia. And then I also have the audience pretty involved. I really like to call people up to the front and do different little games and experiments and Um, I am really interested in like involving local guests. I think that every city has a few hometown heroes, whether they're well-known or not. And so when I can try to find like goofy people, that always makes the experience just infinitely better. Um, there was a, a guy who was homeless who just declared himself the emperor of San Francisco, like over a hundred years ago. And his name is Emperor Norton. And eventually he had this massive motorcade at his funeral. He was beloved by the city and he was just like an odd duck. And there's a guy in San Francisco now who's a professional Emperor Norton impersonator and he gives tours of the city and he's just a great dude. He was involved in my San Francisco show. Um, I tried to get uh, the guy who raised the world's like Guinness world record holder oldest cat by feeding this cat a, a bottle or a eyedropper, excuse me, of red wine occasionally. I got him, um, I got in contact with him and he was going to come to my show in Austin, but unfortunately he was under the weather the day of, so he couldn't come. He's also 95. So that's, I was impressed that he was interested in the first place. But yeah, people like that, just kind of like kooky local people. I love to have them show up and be involved. I had the corn, you know, like the it's corn. Oh, the corn I had those kid. People come. <laughs> I had, uh, I don't know. It, there's just a lot of great people um, that are on the internet and who are also in various cities. So that's pretty much what the show is like. My last question for you is if there is maybe a really interesting article out there that you might recommend that our listeners check out after the end of this podcast. And I know well, it's putting on the spot. So <laughs> you can, you can recommend multiple or 
it depends on what they're interested in, but there are some classics that aren't like I might not be telling you something new, but they're just like no fails. The list of common misconceptions is great. Um, the list of unusual articles is a great um, launch pad to various unusual articles. Um, I'm a big fan of fat finger errors has a bunch of examples of people that make typos and end up losing just astronomical amounts of money. And so if you've made a mistake recently or I don't know, I don't know for me, like I accidentally forgot to pay a bill. And so now I have a penalty fee and I was feeling super upset about this. And um, then I remembered that at least I'm not the guy that worked for Deutsche Bank who lost, like, I don't even remember how much money from a fat finger error. So that really was a good pick me up. And I recommend that. Uh, my, I think my favorite article, this was like really what got me into Wikipedia in the first place is a friend showed me, I can't remember exactly what the article is called, but it's like things that will happen in the, in the future. And it like goes all the way to like the, dis- the end of the universe. And yeah. Timeline of the far future. Yes. Yeah. That, that wait, sorry. What, what was it called again? Timeline of the far future. Timeline of the far future. Yeah. That was like the article that I just like, I have a distinctive memory of like being 14 years old and like reading that article and being like not completely mind blown. And yeah. thinking that I would nothing would ever top that article of absolutely terrifying me. Um, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I'm super excited for the next supercontinent to form. Yeah, yeah, within uh, 300 million years or so, or whatever. Yeah, I'm, hopefully, depths of Wikipedia will still be around, and you'll be able to uh, to share it with everyone. Uh, um, well, well, if it is, I definitely will. But I personally think that maybe I'll be maybe I'll be dead. <laughs> well, you just can, maybe. I think you can uh, you can like set things up to post uh, in the future, so you can nice. have it going in perpetuity. Uh, well, thank you so much for being a guest on on the New Books Network. Uh, I was wondering if you could just I, it's it's depths of wiki. What's the, uh, the the handle for Twitter and Instagram if listeners want to check it out? It's on well on Instagram and TikTok depths of Wikipedia all one word. And then on Twitter, they limit how many characters you can use. And so it's depths of wiki. And do you have anything else uh, like Substack or anything like that, that you post on as well? Yeah, you can follow. Well, lately I've been posting the most on my personal Twitter, which is A-N-N-I-I-E-R-A-U, Annie Rao with two eyes. Um, and I have a Substack that I update occasionally. It's not really my main priority right now, but it's pretty fun. So you can subscribe to that if you want. It's lotsoflinks.substack.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you so much for having me.